Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The dream run continues. The Gonzaga Bulldogs stay undefeated and go to the Sweet 16 for the sixth straight year. The Zags beat Oklahoma 87-71, 28-0. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I literally think they could handle anything. Shipwrecked on a deserted island, <laughs> and they'd figure it out. Who's going to beat this Gonzaga team? Team, team, team. The Michigan Wolverines. Michigan wins it to advance to the Sweet 16. The Wolverines over LSU, 86-78. They will continue in the 2021 NCAA tournament. I said that it is what it is, man. I got a plan to be rich. KJZ, Barton Hunt in with Jay Will, ESPN Radio. See, when I when I hear Jack Harlow, I think about Alan Hunt. Like I, I put them. You don't even know who Jack Harlow is, do you? I'm mm. trying to figure out what, why, right. why you would bring me into that. Well, Google, because that means Google, swag, right? Google, like Google it. Yeah. Just wait, wait. That so was a compliment. He's going. He's telling. He's going. MC Mayo with me. No, and, I didn't no, call it. No, are you I, trying I, to, I, are you I just. Is I, that what I you're doing, trying to repair way. the damage. I went the opposite way. I didn't damage call you MC, I didn't call you MC. I'm in Mayo. the midst of trying to like smoke somebody on Twitter, and he's going. <laughs> de, de, you know, MC Mayo. Like, <laughs> let me see your tough face. Cold blooded. Like that's like that's like that's like first round. I'm coming out of the corner, and the trainer's like, "Hey, don't get hit in the face." Seriously? Like like I'm supposed to now get into the fight? Trouble. Definitely trouble. So the, so now that we're out of the first round, the first weekend, first two rounds of the tournament, we just start assessing now what we saw, assessing, as you say, the success, but also assess the damage of, of what you saw as well. The Big Ten had, is it nine teams, right? Nine teams? Nine teams in the count. tournament. How <laughs> many are left, Jay? Uno. Big blue. One. That's all we need, baby. One. Can I, can I go off for a second? I want you to go off because that's what I'm setting you up. There's one team left in the Big Ten. Everybody was talking about this is the year of the Big Ten. The Big Ten is the best basketball conference this year. How many times have I heard that? Big Ten, toughest conference in the nation. Are they? Big Ten has not won a championship in? since the year 2000. Since the year 2000. That's when Michigan State won it. Right? That was a team with Mateen Cleaves. H to the Moby, Izzo. Flistone. That Flistone, team. Baby. Yeah, they beat Florida, Teddy DuPay. The reason why I know because Florida beat us. Going to Sweet 16 at Syracuse. Not that I remember that every single detail, actually. <laughs> but that was the last time the Big Ten won it. The last time they won it before that was 1989. So you're telling me since 1990, the Big Ten has won a national championship one time. How many times since 1990 do you think the ACC has won a national championship? I'm sure you know. Random number. 11. That's more than I thought. The Big East which has gone through breaking up, a lot of different reforming. teams coming and reforming, all yeah. these different things. Seven, the SEC. Six, the Big Ten, the baddest conference there is. After the second weekend, one team left. One, and I'm not saying that the Big Ten didn't warrant being a good conference throughout the year, but it's it still... It, You're saying they're more in reputation than actual... It feels like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it like feels that like that. Overrated? Overrated. You can say that. I'm not going to say they're overrated, but it it feels like it trends in that direction. Well, we talked about how different teams were underrated. Well, I mean, Loyola like Chicago, Loyola, Chicago, yeah, right. Underrated, yeah. and were some of these Big Ten teams overrated? It's funny that that you know we are kicking around this this criticism of the Big Ten. Jay Billis, who we talked to uh, what yesterday or last yesterday, week? Uh, yesterday, the days just run together. <laughs> he was on with uh, with Spain and Fitz and had this response to all that Big Ten slander. 
And I have a hard time believing that the Big Ten could dominate all the metrics like they did. So on one hand, we're going to say, well, Loyola's metrics are unbelievable. Look at all the analytics, and they were underseeded. And then we're going to take those same metrics and say, but they were all phony with the Big Ten. You know, and, and the Big Ten did win games. You know, you had Wisconsin winning and beating North Carolina. Uh, Maryland, you know, Maryland won a game and all that stuff. So, so the, the teams in the middle of the conference have performed, uh, you know, fairly well to their seed. But, but to have, I mean, you know, to have Ohio State, you know, get beat by Oral Roberts. You know, same thing with Iowa losing that badly to Oregon. You know, they weren't good teams or they weren't, uh, it wasn't a good league. I don't buy that. They just underperformed. This is what I'm trying to tell people. All this stuff that you listen to throughout the course of the regular season, oh, they're the best conference. They're going to get taken. That doesn't matter. None of that matters. March Madness is always about matchups. It's about matchups. That's why when people ask, well, are they the favorite this year? I'm like, I don't know. What region will they be in? Who else will be in their region? Because matchups mean something. Like that Ohio State or or Roberts matchup. Like a uh, Max Acemus, I almost called him Amos. Look, I was messed up the name. <laughs> Max Acemus is a difficult matchup for them in the way they play. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's... Style makes fights. It does, man. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, but this also gets us back to our conversation about, you see teams like Illinois. You see teams that, you know, um, like other number one seeds that you think are going to be so dominant. But since the product seems so watered down, it seems so diluted... Yes, they are that team that seems like they're the big boss, but they're really not. And how yeah. about what, what they're really what, not? What, what Cam Crutwick told us yesterday, I thought was a, a pretty telling. Him saying that they played right Illinois, yeah. and before the game they had that feel like they weren't taking us serious. Exactly. Right, like they they weren't taking us serious, and we felt it. And by the time they realized they should, it was too late. And he was pretty open about it. Like, yeah, yeah, we felt that. It, it always happens. You know, and, and right, and it was a great question that you asked, Bart, but. That's to me again that yeah. that that irrational, not confidence, but but like just the feeling cocky, that the you are superior. The, the confidence in the arrogance because right. everybody's because you're the Big you, Ten. Everybody fluffed you up the entire year, right? So you feeling well, like you you thinking that you're better than everybody because you, you're reading your press clippers and not understanding that March Madness is totally different, right? You don't know anything about this player. You don't know who's their good players. You don't know who's clutch. You don't know the the, the nuance because they're not in your conference. So you haven't de- done a deep dive in the scouting report on these guys. So you think just simply because you're seated higher than them that you're better than them. And that's not the or case. Or you're a bigger school. Exactly. And, 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 and it's all about matchups, and it's, and it's decided on the court. And, you know, look, I'm surprised that the Pac-12 is doing as well. Like, I mean, they're balling, right? You Nine and one. Five, yeah, five teams. Four, four still remaining. Yeah, yeah five, five teams. Five remaining. Yeah, yeah, four out of five. It's crazy. I mean, the USC is a, a sleeper. Oregon is really good, too. I mean, they, they are matched up together. So we asked the question at the beginning of the show. Oregon State, double-digit seed. Five double-digit seeds right, that's in the, the Sweet thing 16. To keep in mind, right, as you watch this now going wow. forward. And, and with that in mind, with all the double-digit seeds and all these other top seeds going down, yeah. we asked the question, is this the year? Who are you taking, Gonzaga or the field? Mm. Frank said on Twitter, I'd love to see what they would do against Syracuse's zone. Let me think about that, Jay. Also, um, be in a national championship game that they were to meet. Fidan said, Gonzaga, a favorite, no doubt, but one bad day and you're gone. That's the tournament. You can't have a bad day. Chef Kev, who's always up early with us, Gonzaga or Oregon will cut the nets down. Man, I said, Gonzaga, the field. Chef, pick one. And Rory says, Alabama. You feeling Alabama, two seed? Yo, Moses Moody. Can shot. He was one of the names well I gave you guys. Too. Yes. Nate Oates, very well coached team. I mean, they, they, are, they are talented. They 
blitzed Maryland. I thought they would beat Maryland. <laughs> they blitzed Maryland. Yeah. Maryland Navy have a chance. Yeah, they did. I just go back to that conversation that we had earlier about Gonzaga. As I was reading the tweets, and, and, and we just discussed, again, this, this team and their opportunity right now. And it just fits in it because the Big Ten, with all those teams, with the nine teams, you thought odds are would one of them be the team. And it's the, you're down to one now. Moses so Moody's on Arkansas. That's on me. The, the bigger, Brain fart happened. Okay. Thanks, the, Evan, for correcting me. The you bigger, jump in. the bigger of the, to me the the bigger schools are the ones that you think might be built to beat a Gonzaga, don't you think? Like the the Cinderellas, I don't know. Like you said, those so are nice it, it stories. Twelve o'clock eventually. Thank you. Eventually turns twelve. We Who's always the last that Cinderella point? that we ever had that won the actual championship that kind of finished the deal? Who's the last one? Like, well, you'd have to define the Cinderella. I feel, like, I feel right? like they're all coming back together. How would you define a Cinderella? Like a double-digit seed? Yeah, like who's, the, who's, the, who's the, the, the low seed that came in and just caught fire and, and shocked the world, right? Uh, that, that doesn't really never, happen, that right? That has never because happened. Butler came, I don't think so. Butler no, came they, close. They, they missed uh, – uh, yeah, yeah, Gordon Hayward had that half-court attempt that would have done it, and it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, like that, so that's you – know, to our point, you know, the analytics is going to tell us that it's going to have to be one of, the, of, one of the big time. Yeah, it's going to have to be the, one of the big-time schools. Yeah. And that's essentially why I just I, I feel like if there's ever the year, this is the year for Gonzaga, and they could try to downplay it all they want. I don't care. You could try to make the idea, oh, you know, like you always said, you know, any team can get beat. Yeah, of course, any team can get beat. Yeah. The idea is to not get beat. Yeah. In the moment, like this is the moment. Now you you play the whole season for this. This is the history that they are trying now to make. That it hasn't happened since '76. We know all the history and you understand it. But if it's ever going to happen. And the one thing that I thought when you look at the field and you see, okay, well, there's nine Big Ten teams. There's a lot of big schools. There were a lot of talented players. Eight of them are gone. Like, they're yeah. out. Okay, so the Pac-12 does have some good teams that we kind of sleep on because it's Pac-12, yeah. it's West Coast. Yeah. But if if there's ever a time yeah. what, for what? the chalk to go the way it's supposed like, to go for can, can, Gonzaga, so this is the time. There's still <laughs> – I mean, look, I, I know we're going – Give me who's going to gonna beat them. Come on, Jay. Give me who's going to beat them. Bail Baylor could beat them. Baylor could beat them. Baylor's really good. Hey, Jared Butler, it's really good. We've had Scott Drew on this show multiple times. Yep. Like they, I, they missed like 10 games due to postponement right. and COVID issues, six games straight one time, but they are really good, and they're fast, and they're in your face, and they defend. They yep. throw a ton of different defenses at you. So Baylor's a team that could beat them. I think Alabama is a team that could beat them. I think, But you're you know, not seeing them to the Final Four. Like that's all. Yeah. Like you're giving me two seats. You, so you, but you didn't ask me specifically. So you're just talking about in the West, who can beat them in the West? Yeah. What's going to stop them from? Well, I, I guess yeah, you're right because you still get to the Final Four. You still got to get to the championship. I mean, the winner of USC Oregon. I mean, look, I think they'll get by Creighton. I think that'll be a tough game for them. All right. I think Creighton is really disciplined too. But I, I think the winner of USC Oregon will be a really tough game. It's going to be a really tough game for them. I, I'm watching closely now to see if this gets done. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Much more in this conversation after Jay has this from DraftKings. UFC 260 is a can't-miss event. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KJZ to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's code KJZ, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
The 15 seed is among the final 16 remaining. They knocked out Ohio State in the first round and now have knocked off Florida. The Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Bart Scott, Alan Hahn with J. Will. 888-ESPN-88-729-3776. The number as we were discussing the Big Ten and their lack of bigness. <laughs> what? I mean, nine teams <laughs> phrasing are in the tournament. Phrasing. That needs to be our thing, Mark. Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> but that's, that's, I mean, they're not on. big and they don't have 10 teams. Yeah, so, they're, like, they're not even the Big Ten. That's hilarious, right? <laughs> not big, don't have 10 More teams. like the of, overrated discuss. 14. A lot of things to be angry about as it relates to the bigness of the Big Ten. Phrasing. <laughs> not very bigly. But you, you know, like, you have one team, they advance, that's <laughs> fine. Bigly. But. They're huge, I promise. <laughs> but still, we also asked you, Gonzaga, or the field, what do you think? Tyler in Minnesota has a team that he believes can win it all. Tyler, who is it? What's up, T? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, definitely I'm taking the field. I'm taking Syracuse and Buddy Beheim for oh. sure. He's going to make a name for himself. And that zone defense. He might Let's be. Go. Well, the zone defense already made a name for itself. It has been for the last 30 years, 40 <laughs> years. I mean, Jim Beheim has been to the Sweet 16 20 times. Amazing, right? Just to let you know. I mean, it's right. pretty incredible wow. what he's been able to accomplish throughout the course of his career. The fact that he, that he continues to be effective over the era, like that's the thing, right? The fact that the, that, the, that the zone continues to be effective no matter how basketball changes, it's like something that is a staple that you can count on. You said something that got yeah, to go. No, because th- th- this leads to a way bigger hoops conversation Uh-oh. for me. Okay, Alan. You're an NBA guy. Mm-hmm. You call a lot of Knicks. Why do teams get so flabbergasted with zones? Yeah. Think about like when well, they went zone. You're like, well, like Miami, so? the Heat were playing zone in the playoffs last year. It was like, how do you figure out the zone? I'm like, it's a zone. Because, because, what do you mean figure out the zone? Because the you hit the ball in the middle of the zone. You're turning your face. Right. You look opposite Somebody or you look cut. at the rim. Like, it's not hard. But when you play against these zones, teams don't practice it. And a team like... Granted, Syracuse's zone is not like a regular zone. It's more of a matchup, and it, it gives a lot of different looks and their size and their length, which is what Jim recruits to. Yes. He likes players who are taller, right. who have great wingspans, take a shot, Jay yep. Billis, and who can cover a lot of territory very quickly. That's what makes them good. But still, like, people just get flabbergasted. They the, get, isn't it like the, it makes you rely on the fundamentals of the game, right? Which nobody right. practices right. anymore. Right, exactly. It makes you have to be patient. It's not like, it's like in between. You either want to shoot over it, but all the back cutting and all that stuff and shooting an 18-footer, like, you don't practice those shots, really, right? So, like, they, they get in and it makes people uncomfortable. Agree. Like, in the world of AAU basketball 
in a world where people are like, hey, let's speed up the game. Let's make it quicker. Let's shoot a lot of threes. You know, like, God forbid you give a ball fake. Oh, God forbid. Triple threat. Ball fake. Oh, just one time. They're, oh, let the zone shift. There it is. Look opposite. Like, it's typically there if you're patient. It is funny how a game will go on. You will be just cruising in a game. Then all Uh, of a sudden, it's like, uh oh. They're coming out in a zone. Oh, no! The zone! What do you do? <laughs> what do you Now we have to pass the ball six times. I don't know what to do. I hate this offense. It's not going to work. Like, it literally, like, like it's as if the whole game just changed. They changed all the rules. You can't just stay in one spot. You got to move. You see all these NBA conversations where you talk to coaches. Coaches are like, man, I, I don't know, man. They really they threw a, a, a monkey wrench at us. They threw a zone. They threw a 3-2 matchup zone. We haven't seen that in a long time. I'm like, you're an NBA coach. You're an NBA. You get paid $7 million a year. Go up a plate for a zone. It's great. You, you know, you don't see a like, zone that early. often. You You're know? a big-time college coach. Now, you, now, you get paid seven million dollars a year. Easy, man. Drop a plate for a zone. Now you you ever you ever you ever like because like we deal with this like when we ever go against teams that run like triple threat options or something like that or like when the Wildcat came. You ever you ever Wildcat. like you you ever been playing you ever been playing a team and they go to zone to you like play me like a man. Don't give me one on one. You start you start yelling like, at yeah, them. Go play me like a man. You play me like you guard me one on one. Quit trying to trick me. Or or you start losing like see yeah I know y'all can only beat us. Yeah, zone. That zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and you. Y'all can't me. guard us, man to man. You can't guard me. And me. you, come get me. You and me. <laughs> like, nope, I got my buddy behind you. Nope. Ah, so true. But I got my buddy behind me, and I got buddy on the court knocking down threes. Well, yes. Syracuse. Can, yes. I mean, look at look at that. Look at that region. So, I mean, you're talking about Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State, and then you have Syracuse playing against Houston. Houston should have lost to Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers gave that, like game, Rutgers away, gave that game away. So if you're if you're, if you're Syracuse, big 14, you're man. like, hold on a second. We watch tape. We understand who Houston is. We play the zone. Like, and you know, as these games get to bigger and bigger stadiums, I'll tell you too what helps with zone. I'll tell you the first time we played in Minneapolis in the Final Four, I went up to shoot my first three playing in dome, and I swear I could not find the damn basket. Middle of my oh, shot, I'm right. up, and I'm like. Where the hell is the rim? It's, is it, what I is going on? I always wondered that. But you know what? Here's the, and I've talked to Wally Zerbiak about this. You know, Wally Ball, obviously, he had himself a run in the tournament all those years ago as well for Miami of Ohio, a mid-major. But, and and he, he talked about it too. When you're in those big cavernous stadiums that, that we play the Final Four in all the time, it's like the shooting percentages have to go down. Like you, There has to be an issue with shooting. And then we looked up the numbers – it really isn't a big difference. But it, it feels like it has to I, I don't feel, care. It feels Jay, so it has different. To. And I advantage to Syracuse. They play in the dome. They play in the carry dome. Yeah. They play in the dome. I mean, that's where we lost to Florida, you know, my freshman year before they got to the championship game against Michigan State. But I, I'm just telling you, the depth perception, when you're in a regular gym, yeah. the backdrop is so dark. Yeah. Right. Right. So like you it you, illuminates the room. Yeah, it illuminates. So you see the room and you feel it. But when you get into a, a dome, I mean, you're you're looking about like it feels like uh, 300 got, yards past too, the right? basket. Yeah. And it goes up and it's just people. It just goes back and back. So you can't wage yeah, that the distance. Is this, it's, that, it's this it's so thick. awkward. Am, am, am I tripping? But for me, whenever I played in a dome, it's like you can't breathe as, as well as two. You know what I mean? For me, it was like it was like the air in there is different Thickness as well. about it, yeah. Yeah, it's just like playing at altitude. And it's it's louder, just the, the echoing of the mm-hmm. dome. It just... <sighs> like it's you the can't constant hear yourself your think. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're throwing yeah. up hand signals and things of that sort. It's just different. Yeah. Way yeah. to take them behind the curtain, Jay. That's what I'm talking. About. No, no, that, that is that zone. is interesting. Next, next they level. play his own. It's a game but how, about, but how about like the story? The of, how about the story of Buddy Beheim, though? I mean, this is a cool story. He's a junior. Coaches, we talked about this a little yeah. bit, but. The coach's son is normally on the team because he's the coach's son, exactly. right? And he yeah, is—he's dis- dispelling all of that. The way he's played this year is in his third season. 
He he put 30 on on San Diego State in the first round. He put 25 on West Virginia in the second round. Guy can shoot the three. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure he understands the zone at this point, right? And he's playing for his dad, which he's a star playing for his dad. That can't be easy yeah. either, right? That has to have some pressure on you as well. He was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and he talked about the pressure of playing for his dad and Coach Beheim. Um, I'd say it was it was definitely an up and down process. I say uh, my junior year uh, playing in the UIBL circuit, I really blew up and had a great summer. And that's when coaches really started saying, you know, you you need to go to Syracuse, your dad, and tell my dad that they need he needs to take me and have him come play for him. And that meant everything to me, just getting that recognition and getting that credibility, and that kind of took off for me. And and then coming in the freshman year, it was it was a definitely a culture culture shock, just being on the court, playing in front of 30,000. And there were times where I definitely lost my confidence just, you know, cause you're playing for your dad and then everyone's saying, Oh, he's only here cause his dad. And if I missed a couple shots, one game, that's what they would say. And uh, if we were struggling as a team, they would, you know, put it on me, put it on my dad. So that was tough, but just always continuing to work hard. And I think this, these last two years I've really grown up and just have continued to, to work and uh, it's paid off. It's paid off, no doubt. He's averaging 18 a game, shooting 40% from three, 39.6 on the season. So 6'6", by the And 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Like, not a small guy. Little Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Like, a little, yeah. little. I mean, look, there's there's always room on an NBA roster oh, for you can dudes shoot? that can shoot that yeah. thing. You know that. I, I don't need shooters. I need makers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I need. Shot makers. Yes. yes. That's a tough thing to do for anybody in here that ever has attempted to coach their kid. That is a tough thing to do. That is a, a tightrope to walk, man, because you, you – they. I can't coach my son. Like, I can't even train my son, right? Like, and it's weird because they, I have to train my friend's kids, and my, my friend's got to train my kids because they won't listen because they take everything emotionally and they internalize because they see me as their dad, and I can't get on them. They take it personally. So, I mean, you know, He's able to, to differentiate. Him. One of the things he did talk about was that, that, that if sometimes he's dad. Like, when we, yeah. won the, when we win a game in the tournament and we're hugging, it's like, this is what it's all about. Yeah. And then if I miss an assignment and he's barking at me, I'm like, yeah. man, I coach. Or co come in to practice. You had a tough day. Like, hey, so... Coach. Yeah, up, well, you know, it's always it's <laughs> yeah, like it's interesting just the hate you get. I know we're gonna get to callers out, yeah. but you know when you when you hear people online like, oh, your name's Buddy and blah blah. I'm like, y'all forgot it. Like, do y'all remember Buddy Hield? He yeah. used to get buckets too. His yeah. name was Buddy. Exactly. Like, what, what's the difference? Like, what, what, what's yeah. the new nickname for you? Buddy Buckets, right? Buddy Buckets. Did you just make that up on the fly? No, Alan did yesterday. On the other show that we do, we work like ten shows, so don't we worry about. <laughs> I didn't make that up, but okay, I'll All take right, credit well, for it. Come on, man, take. This He's out trying to make up for that that. That, that the MC Mayo, MC Mayo, Mayo thing. Me, it's it's going to stick with you, though. <laughs> I, I feel like you should today. just own it, though. That set me back. Right, just so you, you guys just have know, a big thing of mayonnaise. I need to talk Mayo. to the people and stop talking to these two right where, now. Tony where? in Baltimore, save me. Tony. Tony, what's up, man? Who do you got? Gonzago or the field? Good morning, First of all, I say hi. I used to hang home with you up in Mondama here in Baltimore. Oh, what's up? No doubt. What up, Holmes? I used with your about Hoodie. What'd you say about my mama? <laughs> I thought he said your mama too. He was breaking up. I said, he talking about Bart's mama? No, he did. I think this is my guy, I think. I think this is my guy from uh, Baltimore. He used to hang with outside the gate. Uh, yeah, no doubt. I want to say, I want to say with this, this tournament, Florida State, Syracuse, Villanova, and Creighton. Do y'all guys realize the last seven years, it's gone back and forth between an ACC school and a Big East school. And this past decade, they won nine out of ten of the national championships, with the only exception being the one Kentucky won. 
that's complete dominance by those two. That conferences. is, but that, that that wasn't. And again, thank you, Tony. That's not what everybody was talking about going into the tournament, though. This was the year of the Big Ten. That's yeah. why we brought it up. It wasn't. It's not necessarily about you know other other conferences. It was that this year the Big Ten was supposed to be that big, the big bad Big Ten, and they're they're just they're not so big. I mean, wow. But I mean, you think about it. I mean, 2019 Virginia, 2018 Villanova, mm -hmm. 2017 UNC, 16 Villanova, 15 Duke. 14, Connecticut, 13, Louisville, and then 2012, Kentucky. But right. before that, 11, Connecticut, 10, Duke, 9, North Carolina. Wow. Pattern, no doubt. Wow. Pattern. Jason in Iowa. Who do you got, Jason? Gonzaga or the field? Uh, I like Gonzaga, but I also like if Michigan can get back, get past Florida State, I like them too. But I would say Gonzaga has – is going to go undefeated. Big man, you like you like Michigan, even though they don't have Isaiah Livers. Do you still you still I, think Michigan can beat I, them? Why? I still do. Yes. Why? Just because I think they're so built and they're so big. Mm. I don't think anybody can really. Um. Uh, I'm on the TV right now. Um, <laughs> I just think that they can. <laughs> I just think they can get by anybody with the depth that they have. All right. All right. I mean, look, I, I, I think Michigan is a very talented team. I, that game against LSU, I mean, they were that was a close game. I, I watched that whole thing. I mean, they pulled away that thing in OT. Um, I, I think they could beat Florida State. Florida State, though, they can defend. They can always in, can in their discipline. Leonard Hamilton, right? Always can. That's going to be a tough game. Did you see him on, on the sideline in the? He's got yes. that air cast. Achilles snapped, and he's walking around just like he told us he would. I'm not sitting down. I, I don't know. I'm fine. And he stands there on the court. And it's funny. When you see him turn, he does like that pivot <laughs> in the boot. On the Have you ever seen Leonard Hamilton coach at practice? Like, he doesn't do a lot of Intense. yelling. He does a lot of... <laughs> like, he does a finger... Like your mom. And you're like, oh, my... What did I do? Like your mom in the choir. All right. Is Russell Wilson about to get... By the way, we'll get keep the calls rolling, so stay with us. I, I love the conversation here, but if, is Russell Wilson about to get the weapon he's wanted for years? We'll talk about that after SportsCenter. The dream run continues. The Gonzaga Bulldogs stay undefeated and go to the Sweet 16 for the sixth straight year. The Zags beat Oklahoma 87-71. Courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Yes, Gonzaga, Michigan, both dancing on to the Sweet 16. Gonzaga remains the betting favorite, according to Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill. In the NFL, the Giants land cornerback Adoree Jackson, a three-year, $39 million deal. That's according to our Adam Schefter. Jackson started 41 of 46 games with the Titans, but then a knee injury just before the start of last season limited him to three games in 2020. There are six more lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson, including one alleging sexual assault in March 2021. Yeah, that'd be this month. The attorney representing the women, Tony Busby, has filed 13 lawsuits against Watson since last week. Busby told Fox 26 in Houston on Monday night that he filed a 14th lawsuit. It did not appear on the Harris County District Court website Monday night. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Spend your tax return wisely with Straight Talk Wireless. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. 
The Seahawks want to replace Russell Wilson with one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. They want to restart the rookie salary cap clock on their quarterback. I very much think, based on what Russell Wilson has said and what Seattle hasn't said, that a trade is still in the mix. I'm told that the Bears still are paying attention to Russell Wilson and have not abandoned hopes. KJZ, Barton Hahn with J. Will, ESPN Radio. Dan Graziano, join us right now, our ESPN NFL insider. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Dan, so let, let me ask you about what John Clayton said in Pittsburgh uh, on 93.7 The Fan, saying that Russell Wilson lobbying for Antonio Brown to go to the, the Seahawks. How far do you think that goes in repairing what has been a damaged relationship between the front office, the franchise, and Russ, if they were able to, if they were going to listen to him and take his advice and go ahead and sign A.B.? Well, I'm sure it would be helpful, but you got to remember, they went through this last year. They, they dabbled in the Antonio Brown situation last year, and Russell Wilson was a big advocate for signing him then. They weren't able to do it. He ends up in Tampa Bay with his buddy Tom Brady, and they win the Super Bowl. It could certainly end like that again. The Seahawks actually looked into Antonio Brown two off-seasons ago after the Raiders released him. Remember when he was a Raider, guys? Remember that 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 <laughs> off-season where he spent uh, with yeah. the Raiders trying to find the right helmet and all that kind of stuff? So the Seahawks looked into it then, but the Patriots signed him for more than the Seahawks were willing to go. So they've kind of been monitoring this player for a while, and I don't think it would surprise anybody if he ended up in Seattle, but they have shown there's only a, a, there's a point they're willing to go to and not beyond in order to get him. And if Tampa Bay is motivated to bring him back or somebody else wants to spend more, then I don't think Seattle's going to stretch just because Russell Wilson likes him. Somebody else, somebody's got to tell me what's wrong with having Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as your wide receivers. I mean, I know you always want more, but, you know, I don't think wide receiver is the Seahawks' biggest problem. But, you know, Dan, isn't that equivalent to putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound? Like, it's a, so many more holes in this, in this <laughs> yes. team. And when you look at this roster in Seattle, you look at the, the roster in Seattle, would you, would you say that they're the worst roster in the division now? Or the least talented? I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, you could probably make that case, but I think you have to put it in context. This is a, a really strong-looking division, right? I mean, I could see anyone finishing first in that division, including Seattle, especially, I mean, if they keep Russell Wilson, obviously that's the key. Uh, if they don't, then yes, you would definitely put them at the back of the pack. He makes up for a lot of other issues but look i mean they they, they seattle's all about the the churn the, the development of the draft and development process right yes they lose the cornerback griffin but they feel like they have people in the pipeline that can replace him you know they bring back pretty much the same offensive line except they trade for gabe jackson to retire to to replace the guard who retired ayupati so yeah they feel like they they they, they regenerate there and they always seem to be a little better than we think they're going to be. You know, a couple of years ago, it was a whole Seahawks rebuilding situation. They end up with a 10-win season and make the playoffs. So they, they view themselves a lot differently than I think people on the outside do in terms of their ability to keep that roster competitive year in and year out. And, and they really have succeeded. Another quiet story on that roster is Jamal Adams and his desire to be paid, you know, as the highest safety in the league. Where are we at with that? Yeah, I mean, not a lot of progress there. I mean, each side knows where the other stands. Obviously, the past week has been about the free agency process and trying to 
you know, re-sign some of your guys are going to be free agents like they did with Chris Carson uh, and maybe bring in people from outside the organization. So extensions uh, are kind of pushed to the back burner a little bit at this time of year, unless it's a situation like we saw with Leonard Williams uh, with the Giants or Justin Simmons in Denver where they had a franchise player they wanted to extend to knock the cap number down. So uh, I think they'll get to work on Jamal Adams. And if you look at the Seahawks' history of their extensions, they tend to happen later in the summer in training camp close to the start of the season. Obviously, what they gave up to, give, to, to get him in the trade with the Jets uh, sort of requires them to extend him and keep him around long term. So I think they'll get it done at some point, but I don't think it's a front burner issue for them at the present time. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests joining us here on the Goodyear Hotline. Dan Graziano, uh, NFL insider. Dan, uh, six more allegations came out about Deshaun Watson. What else are you hearing about him, about how teams are deeming him throughout the course of the league? Look, I mean, this is a situation where obviously everyone is, is paying close attention uh, and taking it very seriously. The league is investigating. Uh, there are teams, obviously, that have been very, very interested in pursuing Deshaun Watson uh, in a trade, assuming Houston ever made him available. And at this point, you know, those teams, they still have interest, assuming that things sort of get better in this situation that's surrounding him, but they're getting worse. And, and the allegations are very, very serious. And I think, you know, it's almost frivolous to talk about football in light of what's being talked about in these, in these lawsuits that have been filed against him. Obviously, uh, he has denied everything. And if it turns out that he's right, uh, then, you know, things pick up and go on as normal. But you got to remember, we're five and a half weeks before the draft. If you're a team that's looking at trading for Deshaun Watson and you want to do it before the draft, it's hard to imagine getting any kind of clarity on this situation within the next five and a half weeks. So I, the answer to what I think your question is, uh, I, I think teams that were considering pursuing Deshaun Watson have to take a step back right now and, and, and get some more answers about the very real stuff that's going on around him before making a football decision on whether to continue to pursue him. Yeah, Dan, there's no doubt that each headline comes out each day. It becomes more and more jarring, no doubt about it. Dan, thanks so much for the time. Great to talk to you as always. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure, guys. All right, you can get more from Dan on Get Up at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. But, Jay, it's, it's clearly, with Deshaun Watson in this situation, it is clearly something now that, that does get your attention. I think the whole league now looking at this and even just waiting to see what the end result is going to be. I am um, with this. I think you always have to choose your words very wisely when you speak about subject matter like this. Oh, yeah. I do not know if Deshaun Watson is guilty or not guilty. But it does feel like what happens in our society is that you are no longer innocent until proven guilty. You are guilty until proven innocent. And once again, I don't know all the details. There's still a lot more due diligence to be done. And we have to find out a lot more facts about what occurred. But this is extremely damaging to Deshaun Watson's, his whole image. image. It's damaging for a guy that seemed crispy clean before this. Seemed, right. Seemed, that's why I chose my words carefully. Seemed, crispy clean before this, boom. Like, it's a completely different narrative now. And that's why, again, the NFL, Roger Goodell have to monitor this very closely, have to make sure they do their own investigation and keep an eye on as the headlines continue 
And as I said, each day we get the headline, each day it becomes more and more jarring, no doubt about that. As we get one day closer to the NBA trade line, deadline, one team got their first win in over a month. <laughs> so will they deal either of their two stars? That's after Jay has this from Indeed. When you own a business, you're the owner of everything. I mean everything. Sales, finance, customer service. Bart is smiling. I mean, he gets it. Fortunately, Indeed is uniquely qualified to help you really own hiring. When you sponsor a job post, Indeed instantly matches searches through the millions of resumes in their database to deliver candidates who re whose resumes fit your job description immediately. Then you can invite them to apply to your job right away. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With the Laker injuries and the uncertainty about where they're going to be by the beginning of the playoffs – are, is there a team in the West or maybe even a contender anywhere, West or East, that might have a little more urgency now to make a deal that they might not have wanted to make or might not have wanted to get involved in at the deadline because they see perhaps opportunity to strike this year? It's that the Lakers are, are maybe a little more vulnerable than the team they brought into the playoffs uh, last season. Um, you know, certainly uh, up front, it was really uh, it was really difficult to get to the rim last year against LA. Not so much this year in their front court, uh, but and I think the expectation is by the time they get to the playoffs, LeBron James and Anthony Davis um, should be healthy, and and both are going to sit uh, here until they're not. But all of a sudden, like I mean, think of your reward if you are the Jazz, if you're the Suns. Hey, we got the one or two seed in the West, and oh here. Here are the Lakers in the first round. That's not, uh, that's not exactly why you wanted to earn, uh, earn the privilege of being at the top of the conference. But uh, I do think there's, uh, I think, in, listen, I think especially in the West, uh, teams, um, you know, I think Denver is a team that's, you know, you know, you look at Jeremy Grant and losing him to Detroit in free agency. They, they have felt the impact of that certainly, and I think Denver's a team that would certainly like to improve. They, I think they've seen, they look at a Jazz team now um, that, that maybe jump them uh, in the Western Conference. You know, Phoenix, I, I think, is a team, um, you know, that surprised everybody. Monty Williams, certainly a Coach of the Year candidate 
uh, there. Uh, and, and I think the Clippers still, um, they've got to get better. And I think they still need some more guard play. And I think they're out in the market monitoring that. And, and you may see teams may not do it by the trade deadline. I think you're going to see a lot of quality players in the buyout market. And then that's going to have, uh, for a lot of teams, some urgency you know, to add a player there where you could add a player, obviously, without having to give anything up. I really wish the Clippers would go for a guy like Kyle Lowry. I think he would make such a difference on their team. Yeah. I think chances are I'll probably end up in Miami before L.A. But Woj, yeah. you're always my barometer for whether I'm crazy or not on mm -hmm. NBA Countdown. And this morning I talked about the fact – for LeBron being out for a little while, who knows what's happening with AD? Could we potentially see a scenario in which the Lakers are in the play-in tournament? Is that is that feasible to think? Is it realistic? Uh, it's not inconceivable. I mean, listen, in the West, you can lose. Listen, these games come right on top of each other in this shortened season and in the second half. It, it's not inconceivable, um, but I, I think – you know, depending on how long, you know, LeBron's out, I think AD's certainly going to be back sooner. If you just have one of those players on the court on a given night, um, you know, you could certainly beat anybody. This is a team right now that can lose to anybody without them. Uh, but it is a concern for this Laker team. And uh, listen, but at the same time, I do know this, and, and I know the Lakers believe this, as long as they have their healthy team, they can go win on the road in the postseason mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, there's no one they're going to be afraid of. And there's certainly, this is still a championship battle team. And, and when you have AD and LeBron back, you know, having them healthy for a playoff run is much more important than playoff seeding. I don't know that they could fall all the way out of it. But by the time, you know, as, when we get to the end of the year, um, could they be in that six, seven, eighth spot? Yes, of course they could be. Well, just bought the champagne. The Rockets won a game. Give it up, give it up. <laughs> they snapped the 20-game losing streak. But um, in all seriousness, can we see one of their two stars potentially on the move? Um, Oladipo, I know that the asking price was high early, earlier on, or maybe John Wall on the move? Yeah, John Wall's contract and uh, the injuries, uh, that's not really conceivable. There's no real value on the market with the money owed him and, and where he is right now. But Victor Oladipo, that, that's going to be really the interesting one to hear. Watch between now and Thursday. He is very much available. The question is, how much can they get back for Oladipo? And his market value, again, given injury, uh, given his availability to play, uh, uh, how efficient he's been. And then, if I'm trading for him, what do I want to pay him? Uh, do I trading for Listen, there are teams out there who would trade for him as a rental. And that's not the kind of return... Uh, Houston wants on on a you know the guy who was the centerpiece of the Harden trade certainly outside of the picks they gathered, um, but I think Oladipo is very much available. Uh, the question really is, can Houston get back you know a, a representative offer? Because if they don't, they may just hold on to him for the rest of the season and look at um, maybe sign and trade options when the year's out when he has shown that he can be. Um, uh, consistently healthy and and play at a high level because he's not really been able to show that or hasn't shown that yet this season in Houston. Yeah, there's been a lot of eyes on Oladipo this season just to see how he's responding from the injury. In Boston, Denny Ainge has collected a lot of draft picks, a lot of assets, and they have a team that you would argue, but looking at their record, has underachieved. They've had a lot of injuries, obviously. Is Danny Ainge going to be active at the trade deadline? 
Well, you know, history shows the Celtics will make a lot of phone calls. They'll get involved with a lot of different players and ultimately not do very many deals. But I do think there's a different urgency. You know, they are involved in the Aaron Gordon talks. There's a number of teams with Orlando. I think, I think there's two teams, you know, that really are going to set the tone of trade deadline. I think that's Orlando, uh, and I think that's Toronto. And, and certainly, but, but Boston, you know, we'll see. I think Orlando is really, uh, they're going to take in bids. They're going to take in offers on Aaron Gordon. I do think this is the end, this is the end for Aaron Gordon in Orlando. I think they're ready to move, move on from him. I think he's ready to move on. Uh, Boston's in that mix. Woj, always a must follow. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Woj. Thanks, guys. All right. His Gonzaga or, yeah. He always. Gonzago of the field, who you taking? That's next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, ESPN app.